Can you believe we've made it to episode number 40? Today on Happier Music Teacher, top 10 lessons I learned from 2023. Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. Here's a new podcast review that made my day. This is from TK5. Great podcast. I love that the episodes are short, sweet, and useful. Beth has great tips for setting a positive mindset and for taking care of ourselves as people, not just teachers, but she understands the unique stress that is being a music teacher. Thank you. If you'd like to leave a review, I'm going to show you how in the show notes. This week, instead of a mindset minute, I want to put a couple tools in your toolbox that I plan on using this year and have for several years in a row to wrap up your new year a little bit tidier. Now, this is not to put any pressure on you. I know this last week of the year, people will tell you you should be doing everything. Think of this more like a menu of options. The first one that I've done for several years, but interestingly enough, not last year, is to write an end-of-the-year letter to the Lord. It's really a prayer written down or maybe a little bit more of a journaling exercise where you thank God for the past year, you review the past year, and you ask Him and you pray about the year to come. It's just a nice chance to really reflect and write down and to appreciate all that God's done for you and to let Him lead you in what you might want to be doing in the future. And the positive about this is that you can keep it as a keepsake from year to year as a year in review. It's so encouraging to look back and see the things that I prayed to God for that we received and other things that we wanted that, thank goodness, he didn't answer the way I wanted him to. So the first tool in the toolbox is an end-of-the-year letter. The second, that was actually from Christy Wright, one of her exercises that I adopted and I love. The second one is a calendar review, and this is a Rachel Hollis tip. This is a little bit more business-minded, but I think it can work for you in any setting. So most of us keep some type of calendar. You know what a calendar nut I am. And so whether it is your paper planner or your digital or your little bit of a hybrid, whatever that looks like for you, go ahead and go all the way back to January 2023, which if you're like me, feels like literally an eternity ago. So much life has happened since then. And review your calendar and look through it for a couple specific things. Think about where your time really went. And then think about where you wish it would have gone so you can plan differently in the future. So for example, if you're in a business context, you might be looking at your clients and thinking, okay, who really was the biggest payoff? But in a teaching context, it might be thinking about how you scheduled your programs. Are there some things that you would schedule differently? Um, Hand raised here. Yes, I absolutely would for next year. Uh, Did you see a lot of time with friends on your calendar or did that kind of get crowded out? How about time with your children in relation to time to work? You get the idea. When you see it there in black and white, you're going to see, okay, am I really busier than I wanted to be? Um, Was I giving and serving like I wanted to or did that get crowded out? So go ahead and do a calendar review and then intentionally look ahead and be thinking about the calendar for the future year so you can make some changes where you think it's necessary. So I hope you'd maybe take one of these into account if you have time. Neither of them are super time-consuming. I would say maybe an hour apiece, the end of the year letter, and the calendar review. (music) 
So as a podcaster, occasionally it's hard to know exactly what to share with you at the right time that's really going to help you and be of service. So I was scrolling through different Facebook groups trying to find themes, and I found some themes, but not ones I really wanted to share right now, right after Christmas. So instead, God led me to share with you today the top 10 lessons I've learned from 2023. The first one I learned is the difficult way, per usual, I'm not a quick learner that way, is that you get one voice. I can't tell you what a difficult season that was for me. Um, If I did not share with you or you did not gather from some of my episodes, uh, I was on vocal rest for about two and a half weeks straight, and then I went through a season of voice therapy. This was really humbling to say the least. I teach on vocal care. I thought I was doing pretty well with vocal care, and then I was diagnosed with a vocal node. It was so frustrating to not be able to teach the way that I wanted to be able to teach. But per usual, uh, God is faithful, and I'm speaking to you today. I was able to sing at church, um, not, maybe not the way I wanted to, maybe not the way I want to speak to you, but definitely. So take care of your one voice. What that might mean for you is sleep, hydration, taking care of your allergy meds. For me, I think I probably will be wrapping up the voice therapy very soon, but I'm going to transition into a season of vocal lessons so I can take care of it better. And maybe this will inspire you a little bit too. You know, in retrospect, there's always so much to be grateful for. I'm so glad that I caught the node when I did, and I was able to go directly to my husband's ENT and get a scope done, even though that was not the highlight of my life. And I actually went a few days ago and got scoped again, and my node is gone. So, Take hope if you're having trouble. There, It is not uncommon in the music education profession. It's not even necessarily something that you have done wrong, but it is our responsibility to take care of ourselves. So you get one voice. While I'm on the subject, I am so grateful to Jessica Peresta and Jessica Grant and also to the MusicCast podcast and Aileen Miracle because during that time of vocal fatigue, hopefully you didn't know in the podcast because they all generously lent me the audio from the different podcasts I had been on in the past. So there was no problem with continuity in the podcast and I was able to jump right back in with no problem. Number two, and we all know it and it's almost cliche, but family first. My family has been such a blessing to me in this season of life. They always are. Sometimes we forget. So and a lot of times I think administrators, when something happens, they'll say family first, but they let you kind of draw that line. Um, so I'm just here to encourage you, if it is ever a toss-up between work and family, choose your family. Your work is going, not going to be there forever. Now, I know with our retirement systems, it feels like it'll be there forever, but literally it will not be there forever, but your family will be. So work family is great. We love our work family, but really family is your real family. Family first. Number three is a realization. It feels good to operate in your gifts and your gifts are from God and they're there for a reason and it's not about you. But it still feels really great when you are in the sweet spot of what you are good at and what you enjoy and what blesses other people. So I have been really fortunate. One of the bright spots of this year is I've had some chances to operate in my gifts. Um, I've had the opportunity to speak a little. I have had the opportunity to write and finish a book. I have had the opportunity to play my instrument a few times. Um, And that has been, even though I've just literally abused that gift and neglected it, it's still been there for me, like we said, which is totally God's grace. But it feels good to operate in your gifts. So if you feel like right now, mm, maybe you're not. Maybe they're getting crowded out with the dailiness of life. I certainly understand. But you are worth it. And there is something that just hums inside you when you are able to come back and do the things that you love, 
the things that you're good at, the things that are uniquely you, whatever that might be. So if you get a chance this year, no guilt, no shame, but think about what your gifts are. Think about what God has gifted you uniquely in. It's not the same as mine and operate in those gifts. Number four, you can't make old friends. My references are so hip and so current. That's actually a Kenny Rogers song from back in the day. But that really struck me as I was at a gig. Now, these are not friends that I see every day, but these are literally friends that I have known for like two decades. And they know me. They love me. I know them. I love them. We have really done the ups and downs of life together. And when you hug them or when you communicate with them, it just touches a good part of your soul. And new friends are great. I like making new friends, but you can't make old friends. So if you have those in your life, nurture them, enjoy them, and be grateful for them. Number five, obedience matters. So I am not responsible for the outcome, but I am responsible for being obedient. And especially regarding this podcast, if you listen to me at the beginning, I just dragged my feet forever probably literally 18 months uh, before I started the podcast. I was just scared. And it's been such a blessing to me. And really with the statistics, okay, whoever listens, listens. It's not my job to be in charge of that, but it is my job to be faithful. And when you're not obedient, there is just this part in you that is secretly miserable because you know what you're supposed to be doing and you're not doing it. And it's nothing weighs heavier than the unfinished task. So if there's any part of your life where you're feeling like you're called to be doing something and you just haven't done it, you really just haven't fully obeyed, let me encourage you to step out in faith and obey. Number six, and you can tell I like alliteration, collaboration counts. If I'm honest, which I'm always honest to be frank, I can be a little bit of a lone wolf and I can be a little bit proud and think that my ideas are the best ideas, my ideas are the only ideas, I can do it on my own, I'm a big girl. Um, and I have learned so much this year about the gift of collaboration. I had a great suggestion from a teammate about putting an underscore during the clunkier parts of my program. Genius. And like I said, it was good for me to just incorporate that without question, that if she was bold enough to tell me something, that it was okay to incorporate it. It's great to be part of a large district cohort right now, where literally with collaboration, We are showing up at each other's doorstep and loaning each other instruments, and no one grumbles or complains. We're happy to do it for each other. And I just, I love that vibe. I think it's so good. And then when I was observed by my music education mentor, her ideas were genius. It was so good for me to look at all that. And I didn't even, you know, normally I think I'd feel a little bit combative or defensive or be trying to poke holes in what she said, but every word was true. And every word was beneficial. So it really was a gift. And so feedback and collaboration are not burdens. They are gifts. And hopefully as I get older, because I'm not getting any younger, um, I get better and better at that and more collaboration-minded and less competition-minded and less defensive. Number seven, health is a gift. So it's December 26th. I am in my jammies. I am deep in the Christmas chocolate counts for breakfast as long as you have a cup of coffee with it mindset. But longer term, Health is a gift. And with my friends and with my family, and as I age, it's important that we guard our health because if you don't have your health, what do you have? And lack of health can just really take over your mind, take over your life. So as much as possible, let's commit to being healthy. Not crazy, not anything that's out of control or out of balance, but for most of us, myself included, and I can tell that I let it slide this fall and this winter, when I eat better, I feel better. My mood is better. 
When I move better, I feel better and more excited. So as you go into the new year, you don't have to do a big crash and burn. And as I was joking, it doesn't have to be CrossFit to count. You don't have to go vegan unless that's what you're called to do. But just gently think about if this food is going to bless my body. And is this movement going to bless my body? And gently make it a part of your rhythm. And for me, just as I'm reflecting back, it's really easy for it to get crowded out. We'll talk about that in number eight. Number eight, self-care is a daily choice. Man, I wish it wasn't. I wish it was just to decide once, I'm going to take care of myself, and then you just go on autopilot the rest of your life. And I really noticed it isn't that way. And I teach on this stuff, and it's a challenge for me. And even when things crank up at work, I know better but I still get in that survival mode. So as much as possible, just remembering that self-care is a daily choice and all those little choices add up. I'm currently reading Atomic Habits, so I'll share more with you on that once I've completed the book. But basically, you can't just phone it in. And it really is a sum total of those little daily choices. It's not one big sweeping choice. And those little daily choices make you feel better. And if you don't if you're not careful, like me, you look up and it's been a few months since you've really cared for yourself properly. So um, take that into consideration. Self-care is a daily choice. Number nine, worship is powerful. I am so done with surface level worship and it's just not for me anymore. So if I have tears streaming on my face and my hands raised, just mind your business. Uh, no, I think for a lot of us, it just doesn't scratch the itch, and it just doesn't serve the Lord to halfway sing and halfway do the lyrics and sing if we like the song. But eh. I think uh, a sacrifice of worship is powerful. It's a release. It's a unique time with the Lord. Um, individual worship is good. I don't think I'm as strong at that, but I think corporate worship is maybe perhaps even better. And there's all sorts of things that can be worship. I know it can doesn't have to be constricted to just praise and worship time. And I know some of you from a more high church tradition would be horrified at what we call praise and worship at my church um, and vice versa. But I think whatever it is for you to really sing from that gut level and really praise from that gut level and not care what people think around you. And yours doesn't have to look like mine. But really, if you are not involved in worship, that can just release something powerful for you and a connection with the Lord. There is a book by Yancey that I will link in the show notes. I've referenced it before in the podcast. But if you are not just fully unlocking the power of worship, I would encourage you to look at that in the next year. Number 10, and this is a surprise to no one, worry doesn't help. I'm embarrassed to say this year I was a little worrisome. A little is an understatement. I was worrisome. I was sleepless. I was worrisome. I was in my head. I know better. I have a Heavenly Father who loves me. I have a family who loves me. I am very much blessed. But still, I just let fear and anxiety get into my head. So if that happens to be you, we all know it, but worry doesn't help. In fact, in the Bible, Jesus says, do not worry. Well, that should settle it for me, right? But if you are having that problem, let's keep on giving it back to the Lord. Let's keep on practicing surrender to Him. And let's make 2024 the year that we do not let worry win. So if you've gathered from this list, 2023 has not been a breeze for a number of reasons, but we're here. We're good. So here's a recap of the top 10 lessons I learned from 2023. Either you win or you learn. Number one, you get one voice. Number two, family first. Number three, it feels good to operate in your gifts. 
Number four, you can't make old friends. Number five, obedience matters. Number six, collaboration counts. Number seven, health is a gift. Number eight, self-care is a daily choice. Number nine, worship is powerful. And number 10, worry doesn't help. I'm not really into resolutions and definitely not resolutions that beat ourselves up anymore. So look forward to next week when I present easy ways to enjoy 2024 more. This week's verse of the day, Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I love to meet listeners and Facebook group members in person. Here are two opportunities to meet you in the spring. I'll be presenting at TMEA, Better Boundaries for Private Lessons Teachers. Those dates are February 7th through February 10th. I'll let you know more when I know my exact date and time. And also at the OAKE National Conference, March 14th through March 17th. It's Oak's 50th anniversary, and it's going to be in Chicago. I'm a native Illinoisan. I can't wait. See you there. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.